Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Hour two on the sports complex here on a Tuesday afternoon. Going to get into some NBA talk, some NFL talk. We'll keep talking on the text line. So if you guys keep texting about the Longhorns, we'll keep talking about the Longhorns. I'll keep answering your text. 512-447-3776. Love to have the discussion with you guys. You guys drive the show. I just try to, try to keep it on the rails. Uh, NBA season starting in about 23 minutes. So I am excited about that. I know some of you guys aren't as much, but I, I'm very excited about the NBA season starting uh, tonight. We'll get into it, and then the Spurs start tomorrow against the Mavs. That'll be a fun game to talk about as well as we see the beginning of the Wimbenyama era. But uh, back to the text line, 512-447-3776. Our man, Chief Engineer. Seriously, though, I'm super impressed with the run game. We thought there might be a serious drop off this year, and look at this stat. Uh, Jonathan Brooks had 20 carries for 99 yards. That's 4.95 yards. Average per carry. If we can just get more original originality in the run play calling, I see a part of the game that is a great advantage going down the stretch. 100%. 100% that Jonathan Brooks has been the bright spot in this Texas team that no one was expecting. Jonathan Brooks has brought something to this team that we were was something that we were probably most worried about after that Washington Bowl game, the Alamo Bowl, where every one of us was worried, oh man, you know, C.J. Baxter better step up and be this amazing freshman. And, you know, Jay Brooks is good, but I don't know. Like, we had Bijan and Roshan. Bijan Roshan, look, Bijan Robinson, we know if he's healthy, if he doesn't have any tummy issues, is going to be a, a, a problem in the NFL for a while. I don't want to compare anyone to Bijan. And Roshan is a hell of a running back as well. Jonathan Brooks right now is up there in that conversation of best running backs in college football, and to go from a Bijan Roshan to that is an amazing thing. And, and for him to stick there and stay with Texas and, and fight through this and what he's gone through in his personal life, uh, it's really amazing to have him on that on this team. And uh, I feel bad that he lost a bet and have to wear a Rangers hat until the start of next season. Uh, yeah, I, I see. That's I don't try and make bets like that. I've seen some of the bets. I stayed away from making those bets because I did have some respect for the Rangers. I thought the Astros could win it, uh, but you know. I, I did not. Well, I was not, was not going to make a bet. I was not going to make a bet on that one. Let's just stay out of that one. Uh, we get a text here. Uh, don't forget, Jay Witt originally was coming to play safety. He was a five star at the position. Jay Witt can do whatever he wants to do. That man's a beast. He's going to be. Uh, he's going to be playing on Sundays, which is cool to see. We know he can go in there. He'll start on special teams, but I think he's somebody that when people see what he can do, and especially his blocking, and then when you put in uh, that, I think you know he may be underused some at Texas. And his receiving in the screen game and what he can do, uh, you know, running the ball a lot like a running back, but on the outside, uh, I think that he'll have a bright future. Uh, and I hope that he is a bright future in the next five weeks at Texas, too, because he could be somebody that uh, Malik Murphy could rely on to get you some big plays. Until Texas learns how to tackle, it doesn't matter what defense Texas runs. No one tackle. The tackling is an epidemic. What's a background line that uh, there's an, a ta- an epidemic of 
non-tackling or whatever the Mac Brown line was. You look, it, we get it. The Texas doesn't. It's not there. They're not one of the few the teams that is extremely bad at tackling. Uh, they haven't been great at it, but that's also being in bad positions. And and a problem they've had recently since the Oklahoma game is they haven't really the old Sark line is put a you know have a party at the at the football have a party at the football and that's everyone coming over and tackling and I don't know if they've had the same group tackling they may need to improve that a little bit and you know hit one guy gets a hit and then someone else comes right over bad phone Jim says I'm worried about Malik Murphy starting I went to the Baylor game and pregame almost I saw Malik Murphy on the scramble throw off his back foot every time that tells me it's a habit and not good looking throw not a good looking throw can come out of it I saw the same thing in the orange and white scrimmage last spring. Remember, bad phone jam said earlier it may come out to haunt you, us in the game for turnovers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could believe footwork and those things are going to be issues for him. He did miss a ton of time last year with injuries, uh, but I think you also don't want him throwing on the run a lot. I, I know that it's you know you don't always have that option, but in reality, you don't want to throw on the run. You know, and we saw with uh, against Houston is a perfect example. Donovan Smith doesn't have great mechanics throwing on the run. He completed some passes because guys were wide open and, you know, he was able to find his rhythm, but his numbers, when he's throwing out of the pocket, when he's moving, his numbers are under 50% completion when he's throwing those passes. So you want, you know, teams want to get you on a run for a reason. Most quarterbacks aren't great on a run. You want to get them kind of stuck into a, you want to be able to have Malik Murphy confident in the pocket. And when he tucks it, go. Just go. You know, don't worry about trying to make that big pass because you could get into turnover problems. I agree with you, Jim. That turnover problems for young quarterbacks was when you try and do too much. I don't know if they're gonna I think they're gonna work on him a lot to just say, don't do too much. If you gotta duck that ball, you are a giant of a man. Just go try and get four or five yards, tuck the ball, make sure it's safe, and don't get us that turnover. Uh four twenty coach says Jay Brooks. Uh, goes 150 plus and takes some pressure off Malik Keelan Robinson takes a kick off to the house this weekend. I like the optimism. I'm a fan of that one. Uh, we get a big shout out to Deontay Foreman, uh, always working hard. Yeah, I look. We know I've said it a hundred times. I wish the Cowboys would have tried to trade for him, but I think his value just went up again. I think his value went up again. Uh, man, Chan says uh, concerned after uh, two weeks that the two minute defense and the secondary communication still remains an issue. I agree with you, Chan. It definitely does. And Sark counter to opponent uh, Sark's counter to opponent's counter needs to be better. It does. He also needs to sometimes not counter. Sometimes they counter, and if you just keep doing what you're doing, but then he tries to counter and changes up the playbook and doesn't go back to the things that worked because he's worried they're not going to work with the change. And the reality is, they're just trying to figure out how to stop you, and you stopped yourself. He does that a ton, where he ends up stopping himself because he changes up and doesn't stick with the things that are working because he feels that their defense is going to do better about it. But the reality is, your play is going to work. It was a good play. Just go out there and run it. Uh, Average Joe says, Murphy will do great. Also has the support of the locker room, it seems. Yeah, people are going to be behind Average Joe. All right, I'm sorry about Malik Murphy. I agree that. Thanks for the text there, Average Joe. Uh, just don't talk too much soccer and we'll be okay. I Look, I can't talk too much soccer. Uh, not It's one of the blind spots in sports. I enjoy I will watch some soccer, but not a ton of it. So uh, I can't get too far into that. Uh, keep the text coming in. We'll get back to them uh, in just a minute. 512-447-3776. I promised you I'd talk some NBA, and I know some of you were not thrilled about that, but we'll get in to some uh, 512-447-3776. You want to get in there and get into some NBA talk. Uh, I, I'm just going to do the Western Conference today. We'll talk some Eastern Conference tomorrow. We'll space it out. We're not going to 
overload you with NBA content on any given day because we want to stay with the text line. We want to stay with what you guys want to talk about. We want to go with that. So keep those texts coming in. Uh, I do kind of want to go down. And basically over the next 15 minutes or so, we'll just kind of go through the teams in the West. We'll give you a picture because one of the things I want you to look at going into the NBA season, uh, just so you have a little bit more knowledge about it and going into it, that there's a lot of teams where when you talk to people at the beginning of the season, there's 12 to 13 playoff teams in the West. And you have to remember, there's eight playoff spots, and we know we have to play in, so technically 10 guys can get in, uh, 10 teams can get in now. But in reality, there's not those spots. So when you start to think through the West, you have to start to think who are the real contenders, what tier are people in, and where can teams go, who can be an up, who can be a surprise, but how hard it is to break in to that top 10 teams and we get lower, you just when you're going to start to see some of these Texas teams. I'll just warn you on that. Uh, Denver Nuggets, who kick off tonight, uh, are the basically your number one team. If you're defending champ, that's the team that you're going to look at uh, to take over and be the team going into the season. They're about to tip off in about 16 minutes against the Lakers. Uh, if they're going to be able to go in there, they're dealing with basically the same team from last year. Uh, the big loss is the loss of Bruce Brown. He ends up going to uh, Indiana. So you're going to see Bruce Brown's out, but that's not a huge loss. This is It's a big loss because he's a good defensive player. It's going to be big in the playoffs. Uh, the question will be, can Christian Brown step up and fill into that role? He did well in the playoffs last year. Can he continue to improve? That's what they're going to be looking for. And if Jamal Murray, who wasn't healthy for the last few years, is finally healthy and playing, he's looked really good in the preseason. So Jamal Murray, this is the team to beat. Uh, in the West is still the Denver Nuggets. I love the story of Aaron Gordon. If you saw the pictures of him uh, last last year after the, the this championship celebration, that the Aaron Gordon basically is walking down the street outside in just his basketball shorts. People are like, what happened? He goes, oh, well, I was trying to wait to go to my locker so I could change and go home. And then... I go to my and then I can't get to my locker. I just can't get to my locker and I can't get to my locker to change and they're just partying and everybody's partying in the locker room and it's just nonsense. So he's like, cool, I'm just going to go hop in my car. I live like two minutes away, three minutes away. I'm going to hop in my car and go. So he hops in his car and it's dead stop traffic and you can't get out because it's dead stop because there's people in the streets. and So he says, screw it. I can walk there in 10 minutes and he just gets out. No shirt, nothing, has a couple of his friends next to him and starts to walk. And then all of a sudden someone sees him and they kind of walk up and then two more people and three more. And then he's got a hundred people walking around him going back. And he was just trying to go home because he was done partying after the game. And I was like, he's the wildest partier. And he was actually trying to go home. Funny story there from Aaron Gordon after the NBA finals. But that's your number one team. Phoenix Suns now. There's a Phoenix Suns this year are going to be an interesting team. Uh, they're trying to kind of recreate that run TMC, but in a era that uh, can approve a little bit more of that run TMC, which is not a heavy defensive team. Adding Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant's on that team now. De- uh, uh, Devin Booker's on that team. To have that lineup. And the real question for the Phoenix Suns, what is the storyline of the Phoenix Suns? Can Frank Vogel get the rest of his team to buy in? Can Frank Vogel get everyone else on this roster to play their part, to pass the ball to the big guys, to stand there, to, to space the floor, to do what they need to do, to be all in, playing defense, filling the holes, filling the gaps, doing all that. Can the rest of the team care about, you know, still care playing defense, even if you're only going to touch the ball, you know, four or five times a game? Can you still care and play in that game? And Frank Vogel's a defensive coach, so he's going to be just going hard on all these bench players. That's the question. Can the Phoenix Suns be able to do that? I don't have as much faith in this Suns team as some other people do. I know a lot of people have faith in this team that they're going to score a lot of points. I think 
The reason I'll still put them at number two is I think regular season, they're going to be a pretty good team because of the way that the changes to the NBA. Uh, they get Yusuf Nurchich in there instead of DeAndre Ayton, which is another offensive player. He is really good in the pick and roll. That's what Dame Lillard loved him for in the pick and pop. Dame loved all that stuff, but he wasn't a great defender. So how is that going to work out on this team? I mean, this is going to be an interesting lineup for the, the Phoenix Suns. They'll be fun to watch a lot of games. They're going to put up a ton of points. If you play fantasy football, get into those three guys. They're going to put up a ton of points. But I don't know if they're going to be able to compete for a title in the playoffs. Just my old school basketball brain finds it hard to believe that a team that is based 100% on offense and basically nothing on defense uh, will be able to win when you need to have some of the mix, some, a few guys on that team. And, and trading for Yusef Nurchich instead of a more defensive center, they may make another trade. We'll see. Uh, but that is uh, where the Phoenix Suns are. They're number two on my list. Number three, I'm going to put Golden State number three on my list. Uh, you just can't overstate how good Steph Curry is and what he means to a team. So I'll put Steph Curry on my list. Uh, we're also going to put, uh, and really the question is, how does Chris Paul fit in? They added Chris Paul to this team. They still have Kamingo on this team. They still have Moses Moody. One of those may be traded for a veteran. Is this the end of the the uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green era? Or do they start to move on from them even though they're getting new contracts? And does Chris Paul come off the bench or not? Crazy stat, longest streak of starters, starting games for an NBA player. Chris Paul has never come off the bench in his career. 1,214 starts in a row for Chris Paul. Number four, let's go to Lakers. They're playing against the Denver Nuggets tonight. Uh, they basically want to grow again at the deadline. They have a lot of guys on this team. They're real deep, and I don't think they want to be this deep. I think this team wants to continue to trade players. D'Angelo Russell has a, tra a contract that really – kind of sets up for a trade midseason. They have some more guys on this team that they may try to make. Uh, can AD stay healthy? Austin Reeves. I know Lakers fans are out of their mind for this guy, that they think he's going to take another step. I think he may be capping out somewhat soon, uh, but he's a good player. He's a starter in the NBA. I'm falling on that, but I don't know if he's going to get to that next, next level. And, you know, I don't think he's getting to the big three part of a team. I think you're still sitting at him being a really valuable role player on your team. They also added Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Gabe Vincent, and Christian Wood on this team. A lot of guys to see if they're going to get playing time uh, or if they're going to be guys that kind of just rotate and fill in because we know AD is probably going to miss some games. We know LeBron's probably going to miss some games, and I know they're fighting the resting players. We'll get to that in the Clippers too, but they're fighting to get players resting, but those are still going to happen. Minnesota Timberwolves coming at number five. A little bit higher than some people have them. Some people have them really going low because the Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert experiment did not work last year. But one of the things people don't remember, Cat only played in 29 games last year. So if you take Carl Anthony Towns and his, his basically not playing in a bunch of games, that they never really got that rotation. He had the injury, and then when he came back, apparently right before he was getting healthy enough to play, he basically resets the injury completely. And uh, so he has to reset Kyle Anderson's there. Michael Connolly's there to round out the team. I have them as a full playoff team. I could believe them getting it in a play-in. I could believe them getting up to number five. Uh, I don't think they get much higher than that, but I could believe in all that. Sacramento Kings at number six. Young team, fun team. Mike Brown's in his second year. King and Murray's in his second year. Do they continue to advance? Or if they hit their peak and they have to add another player? Keegan Murray is going to be the big one. I really like Keegan Murray because he is consistent because he is – he can come out there and do what he does. He was a little missing in the playoffs for sure, but that's a rookie in the playoffs as you got further and further in. I'd like to see him advance. 
I don't know. One of the problems why a lot of teams were not as high on Keegan Murray in the draft was that his ceiling wasn't as high as some other guys. So you know that his floor is pretty high, what you can get out of him, but his ceiling isn't there. Number seven on our our Western Conference, Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant's going to miss about a third of the season. So they bring in Marcus Smart. Steven Adams is out for the year, too. Don't forget that. They bring in Marcus Smart. uh, But that is basically they're going to have to play the first third of the season, and I'm not sure Marcus Smart is the guy that you want coming in there replacing Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks. I don't know if Marcus Smart is going to be able to take the back seat that he's going to need to do and let this Memphis team do what they've been able to do to keep winning while John Moran is out. This may be an added element that Marcus Smart has some big games. If he's really fully 100% healthy, then we could see him from a couple years ago when he's Defensive Player of the Year candidate. But I want to see if uh, Marcus Smart is that guy. Uh, I think this team can play once John Moran comes back, if John Moran is able to clean up his issues, which hopefully he will be able to do uh, off the court then they move up because you just get a talent like John Morant and what he's able to do scoring-wise with a bunch of good defenders around him levels up this Memphis Grizzlies team. So I think their regular season may be low, but they could be one of the teams competing when you get to the playoffs another year uh, of growing for Memphis Grizzlies. Number eight, the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, they could be good in the playoffs. They're going to try and still add James Harden. James Harden isn't showing up for Philly. They're trying to add that other piece because they know that Paul George isn't going to be showing up at every game. And Kawhi came out and said that he is the healthiest he's been and the best he's felt in three years. And he's finally ready to go in there and play. He also said, I don't, I don't actually, I don't rest unless I have to rest. That's what Kawhi said. It's all BS, but that's what he said. Uh, League's cracking down and resting. Is this going to be a problem for the, for the Clippers? The problem is you can't suspend a guy for not playing because that kind of is the whole reason you want him to play is so people see them. So it's a weird thing where if it's just money, some of these guys are fine with losing money to play games. They just don't care. I, it'll be interesting to see with the Clippers, but I, you know, the Clippers are going to be trying to make another big move. That's what you're kind of waiting for if they do get a James Harden. They got Russell Westbrook on this team too, which I always thought was a good fit. Like If you were to tell me what team Russell Westbrook would fit on best, I'd tell you the Clippers because I know they got two guys that are going to be out. And if you want a guy who's going to go in there and will for your team uh, when no one else is there and he's got to be the only guy, Russell's the guy. So, I, you know, they'll be okay during the regular season, but I have them at the bottom of uh, the regular playoff teams. Then we get in the play-ins, the Pelicans, simple as this. Design play. He says he's healthy. He's supposed to be ready to go for game one. Design, if he can stay on the court, C.J. McCollum, Gortai, they, they have other players. Brandon Ingram's a really good player. You have other good players on this team, but you need Zion Williamson to be able to step up and play in this role. That's the Pelicans. Their whole season's based on this. Oklahoma City is going to be the best team to watch if you have league pass. If you have league pass, Josh Giddy, uh, Gildress Alexander, Chet Holmgren are an NBA league pass must watch. you got two Jalen Williams on that team that are a lot of fun to watch. Lou Dort is a lockdown guy that every team is calling about to try and get on their team. But is, uh, is Mark uh, Dagnault the coach? Is he the Dagnall as uh, the coach to get this to the next level? Do maybe this is the year that they kind of have to move on in Oklahoma City, may have to try and turn that corner, maybe make another trade instead of continuing to collect picks. Are you ready to try and compete at that level? Is Giddy getting there? Is SGA getting there? Do you feel really good? Chet Holmgren had a great offseason. Getting to the Dallas Mavericks at number 11. Sorry, I don't have him in my playoffs right now. I don't know if Jason Kidd's the right guy to coach this team. I thought he should have been gone last year when you traded for Kyrie Irving. Uh, but they, I, I look, basically, you, this team relies on their youth. 
Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, Grant Williams, Derek Lively. That's your team. Because we know what, what, what Kyrie can do. We know what Luka Doncic can do. But can these other guys play at a high level defensively? Can they play at a high level when those other guys are not in? Can the Dallas Mavericks have their youth step up to another level? Can they do that? I don't know if they can. I don't know if Jason Kidd's the guy to get him there. Can Derek Lively, as a rookie, come in and be the center that the, the that they've wanted and tried to sign JaVale McGee and try to get Dwight Powell to be and even try and Tristan Wood to be, be a center that can be a real lockdown center and be a ball stopper and ball shot blocker? Can they get that guy? Can they get this Dallas team? Can they get Kyrie to play enough games? Can they get him to play 75 games this year? He played 60 games last year, and that's the most he's played since 1819. He played 67 in that year. He played 60 the year before. I don't know if Jason Kidd's a guy to get this team to buy in. I don't know if he can get this team pumped up enough to really believe Luka's a great player, Kyrie's a great player, but they don't necessarily fit. Kyrie fits pretty well with a lot of guys. Luka doesn't fit with other players. He's a hard guy to build around, and I don't know if they've built the correct way around him. This may be time to kind of blow it up with Jason Kidd, try something different, but you got your rookies. If those young guys, if, if you know, Jane Hardy's a year, a year or two player, Josh Green a year or two, you sign Grant Williams. If all those guys can progress and step up into those roles and fill those shoes, Dallas has a shot. Utah's at number 12. They got some rookies that need to step up with John Collins mesh. They, they got some talent, but there's not too much to talk about in Utah. We don't need to talk about them too much. Number 13, my Spurs. Uh, I th- you look, I think the Spurs are going to be good. Uh, they're going to try and have to work out how Wimby plays. They're going to be trying to do this new lineup uh, with basically a bigger lineup with Jeremy Sohan listed as the, the point guard. Are they going to pressure Jeremy Sohan over and over again? Is that something you're going to be able to see? Is he going to be able to handle that when you get to pressure situations? In the fourth quarter, do you trust him to be on the court divvying out the ball when you have a possession? Or is Trey Jones come back in then? And then who takes a seat? Keldon or Sohan or Vassell? Who takes a seat then? But that is the lineup that they're supposed to be rocking out. Sohan at the one, Vassell at the two, uh, Keldon Johnson at the three, Wimby at the four, and Zach Collins at the five. Do you sit Zach Collins down and just not have a defense and not have a big guy? How do you do that against a team like Denver or, or the Lakers who have a big man that can go in there and bounce with you? You got some young guys, Charles Bassey, Julian Champagne, Malachi Branham, Seti Osman. How do they advance? How do they fall into there? Your older guys, Devontae Graham, Doug McDermott. How do they are there minutes? There's a lot of players that are gonna want some minutes. How much do you play your young guys? How many minutes do you play with Minyama where he stays happy, but you don't overuse him? Those are the questions you're looking for for San Antonio. I don't consider this team a I think their ceiling is a play in team. They may be able to get there. You're gonna need some other teams to kind of fall down and maybe fall out of contention on that. This West is pretty stacked. Right behind them, the Houston Rockets. I'm not a fan of the, the Dylan Brooks signing. I get the Van Vliet. Eme coming in. Look at those young guys. There's just not a lot going on in Houston right now. It's going to be a how does Jalen Green. We got to see what Eme does with this team because they're not going to look anything like Steven Silas was not a great coach. You know, I wish he was too. He just wasn't a good head coach. There was no culture there. There was no, no game plan. It was one of the hardest teams to watch. They were just really hard to watch last year. So I want to see these guys play with a little bit more form. Ime Odoka is a drill sergeant kind of guy. So we will see how it comes out. Uh, I'm excited to see them play, but I, they're an unfinished. Like I, can't, I can't tell you what they're going to look like until I see them play some. And then number 15, Portland Trailblazers. They traded away their best player. It's the Scoot Henderson era. 
We'll see what happens in Portland. That's my uh, top 15 for the Western Conference. Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you have any comments, if you think there's a standout team, send those in 512 447 3776. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get into some more of your texts and some NFL talk and then uh, wrap up the show here on, on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Moment of silence for the champions. For those who make going hard a lifestyle. Never wait for nothing, gotta get it right now. I'm in the spotlight when they turn the lights down. Only a champ swing the hardest in the 12th round. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Tuesday afternoon, playing basketball music all week because the NBA season just tipped off. Just got started with the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Just gave you some preview of the Western Conference. We'll talk Eastern Conference tomorrow. I know some of you are not a fan of NBA. That's fine. Everybody doesn't have to be a fan of everything. Uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, all sports here on the Sports Complex. Uh, but we always, you know, we talk a lot of football here as well. So we try and keep it going, and we love you texting in on the text line, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. My man, Chief Engineer, uh, is happy that there is no soccer. Also ask, uh, will the Mavericks do anything this year? Is Mark Cuban's best work this year going to be on Shark Tank again? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to do anything this year. I don't have a lot of faith in this team. There is a lot of people that are on the super anti-Kyrie bandwagon that think he is going to try and force a trade to L.A. midway through the season when the Mavs are not doing well enough that he'll – force his trade and LeBron and they'll pull their magic and force a trade. I don't know if that'll happen or not. It's a possibility, but I don't know what the, I don't know if the Mavs would really get, if you get a Gabe Vincent, you don't want Christian Wood back. So you get a Jackson Hayes, maybe, uh, you know, get a D'Angelo Russell. It's not a, it's not a lineup that you really feel is going to be taking that next level. You kind of wanted to get another superstar in there. Anyway, you trade away a bunch of good role players to get a superstar. And then you just don't have the other pieces. It really, the, that's the thing. You have to have your draft picks step up if you're the Mavs. That's what we say. Your draft picks have to be the guys because you have to be able to find another star player in another way and get that, you know, like the Lakers with Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is where so many Lakers fans are pinning their hope. That was a draft pick. You just have to have one of those guys. If Derek Lively turns out to be a great draft pick, then, you know, that changes your momentum. If if all of a sudden Der- Josh Green takes that next step or Jaden Hardy takes that next step, then it makes it gives a different viewpoint of this team. But right now, I don't know if I believe that any of those guys are going to be that great this season, and you kind of have to make a move because we saw what Luka Doncic is now in the position where the Milwaukee Bucks were, where they're going to be needing him to sign an extension in the next couple of years, and what move are you going to do to get him to do that? The Milwaukee Bucks went out and got uh, Damian Lillard, and then they got a contract extension signed with Giannis. And that's what they wanted to get done. They got it done. Uh, we get a text in here. Is the only uh, Cleveland Cav- Cleveland Cavaliers fan in town. I'm excited about the team. 
Just hope that Mobin, uh, Mobley and Allen ate a few sandwiches in the offseason. Just need J.J. Walker playing the three. Look, I, I think that this uh, the Cleveland team is going to be a lot of fun to watch. They really just didn't seem to mesh. You need Evan Mobley to step up and be able to play that position just a little bit better. If you get him to step up and be able to play some more defensive five uh, and be able to play some offense, he looked really lost on offense. Last year, Mobley did. You want to be able to see him step up in that place. And then Donovan Mitchell needs to continue to play at the level he played at and not kind of have his his eye on the door out of Cleveland. So you can put it together. Uh, you know, you sign Bur- Baker Staff because of what he was doing with the young guys, and you make the trade for Donovan Mitchell, and you maybe think maybe we shouldn't have signed that coach. But that's what you got. You got a whole offseason to work, and maybe he'll be able to put it together. Uh, we get another Let's Talk uh, NBA in the playoffs. We're going to talk about NBA all season long. I love the NBA. I love college basketball. We will talk about college basketball at that. Uh, and this texter who really doesn't like the NBA, uh, bring in Arch. Why not? Because Malik is a more prepared player. That's why it's an easy question. Do the NBA players listen to their coaches? Yes, they do. They sure do. Overpaid, talentless stick figures. Also a uh, line I don't necessarily agree with. Give me college ball. I'm all for college basketball. They're different two two different games right now. Uh, the smart players go overseas. Would you rather play in Italy or Cleveland? That is a Random statement. I'd rather play for twenty million dollars than you know twenty thousand. That's just me. I'd play twenty million over twenty thousand. Don't care where it's at. Uh, that's what I would do. Uh, but I love the. I I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I I get why there's some 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 uh, hatred towards the NBA players. I tend to not try to think of politics into it and worry too much about that because you know that they, when you get too far into that, then there you you never know what player is going to be your favorite until you see that stuff. So I try and stay out of that. Uh, Chan, love to see how long kid stays with the Mavericks. I, I that's for me. I, I don't get, I know that they, they doubled down on it. Uh, they got rid of some guys. You get into Grant Williams. It's kind of more his type of guy. Uh, you get a defensive center, which is what he wanted. You went back to trying to be defensive again with your other players. So maybe it'll work. I just don't know about that. Uh, and do you think the Oladipo trade is good for the Rockets? I don't think it matters. Like that's, that was more of a salary dump. I don't know if Oladipo ever plays for them. You're going to play your young guys, so you're you're more. It was more of uh, they basically you wanted to go to you were sending money off to get a guy where you could extend all like you're basically paying out Oladipo over a longer time because you didn't want to straight buy out and deal with the legal problems of uh, getting rid of your own player. It, it was a money issue. I think it was more a money issue than anything else. That's what I think it was. I don't know if it was anything basketball related as much as it was off the court and money issues. Uh, before we go to break, I did want to talk about a couple things in the NFL. If you've got any NFL takes as well as we get in Tuesday, we had bye weeks for the Texans and Cowboys last week. So it's been a little slower talking NFL because the teams we follow the closest, uh, were off last week. Jerry Jones did speak to the media. The trade deadline is October 31st. So the question is, will the, the, the Cowboys make a move? Will do the Cowboys feel they need to make a move? And I think most fans would say it would probably would be a good thing if they made a move. It would probably help them out if they could go get somebody, another running back, somebody. We, Deontay Foreman was a guy we kept telling him they should have signed and they should have traded for. They didn't want to go for that. Uh, you know, there were people that had pie in the eye dreams of Devontae Adams. He's, they've already said he's not on the block, so you have to go too much. Jerry Jones came out today and said that he will not initiate any trade talks. Doesn't say that he wouldn't talk, that he wouldn't do trade talks. Didn't mean that he wouldn't answer phone calls, but he said he wouldn't initiate, which is 100% the problem with the Cowboys, 100% the problem with Jerry Jones 
uh, marketing scheme or his his plan for this this Cowboys team. It's a hundred percent all of those because what it is is it's Jerry Jones saying I will only be interested in trading a player if I win the trade. It doesn't matter what my team needs. It does not matter what we are trying to do to win a uh, win in the playoffs. It does not matter. The Cowboys don't matter. I want to win a trade. I want to be in the news because I won the trade. Jerry Jones, master negotiator, won the trade. So if something comes out and I feel like I can be in the news, like the Trey Lance trade, and I can be in the news, and the Cowboys are in the news, I'll answer your phone call. But I don't care about fixing the team. Team's going to suck. Don't have any faith in them. That's what Jerry Jones is telling me. Jerry Jones is telling me, I know what this is. We're not winning a Super Bowl. I can't fix it without paying a bunch of money and trading away a bunch of picks. And I'm not going to do that. So I think what he's going to do is nothing. And then unless he gets a trade where he's going to be in the headlines, he's not going to touch it. So unfortunately, I don't think Cowboys are going to do much to trade. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade for Derrick Henry for that texter. I don't think they'll trade for Derrick Henry because I don't think the Titans are going to call them up and offer them a low ball trade for Derrick Henry. And that's kind of what the Cowboys want. The Cowboys want to win a trade. That's all they want. So if you're going to have that, and I agree, the Mari Cooper, but that's the Brandon Cooks trade. The Brandon Craig Cooks trade was they lost the trade. They didn't get it done at the trade deadline the year before. They came back out and then were able to put it together and basically outweigh them that they needed to move off Brandon Cooks because he was a problem in the clubhouse. And that was what they were able to get the trade. The, the Gilmore trade. The Colts said, hey, man, we kind of want to move off Gilmore because we got this other guy and we didn't know he was gambling. And so Gilmore gets traded off to them. They, Jerry Jones looks smart in those. He loves those. He wants more of those. He looked like a real idiot in the Mari Cooper trade when he traded them away for nothing. So he wants to fix some of those. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, more of your text, 512-447-3776. We have some time. We may talk about some hot seats uh, in the NFL, people to watch out for uh, in the NFL for head coaches uh, and anything else on the text line, 512-447-3776 as we wrap it up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every 10 minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for everybody joining us on the text line, 512-447-3776. Always appreciate you on there. Uh, we do have someone saying trade Dak to the Bears for their first-round pick. I don't think they would go for that. I feel like they would believe their first-round pick could be the quarterback that they want. So I don't know if they would do that. But, you know, that's a, that's a win for Jerry. I think it, well, you want both their first rounds. Jerry wants both their first-rounders. You know that. Uh, and Chance says, you know, 15 years from now, we'll all shall miss Jerry's, uh, Jerry J's idiosyncrasies. I don't know if we will because Stephen J will own the team, so he'll have his own. And uh, I can ask my man, Chief Engineer, who's a Raiders fan, it's been, I believe, 12 years since Al Davis died. I don't know if he is, uh, I don't know if he misses those idiosyncrasies either because that's another one of those. Uh, we do appreciate everybody joining us on the text line, though. We will get into more uh, 
more Texas football talk tomorrow. Get more into started getting into BYU. We will get into uh, some more NFL talk as we get into Cowboys uh, games next week and Texans games and uh, where these teams are starting to go. We'll we'll try and get in the hot seat. Give you the Eastern Conference preview for uh, NBA as well. As you know, kind of. We'll keep the NBA up all season. I know some of you guys are not huge fans of the NBA, but we're going to talk it, and then college football starts up in a, in a week or two, and we'll get into the college football talk as well, or college basketball, sorry. Of course we're going to talk college football. We'll keep it going, all that, for you right here for you on the Horn on the Sports Complex. Until tomorrow, though, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow, 5 p.m. on the Sports Complex.